So you're saying there's a chance the Saints could have a real quarterback in 2023. But that's not good enough for some hoodats. I mean, no, who wouldn't want Derek Carr? Let's just stick with the status quo or even better yet, let's just tank and get some unknown college quarterback. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get into that, and we're going to get, of course, into our Super Bowl predictions. Who you got, Chiefs or Eagles? We're going to let you know ahead of time. Jeff Duncan, Josh Inglis of Covers.com, Uncle Big Nick, all coming up on the Friday finale of Season 2 of the Datitude Podcast. All you got to do is listen to Phil Anselmo introduce me. Coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And even hello to all my friends living in La La Land who think bringing in Derek Carr is a bad idea. What the hell is wrong with you? Yep, even hello to you. I am Jim Derry, and this is Datitude, episode number 138 for a Friday, February the 10th, 2023. Uh, Yeah. In case you don't know, I'm sports betting writer for the Times Picayune. Picayune, Times Picayune. I've only worked for him for 32 years. You think I know how to say it by now? The Advocate and Bet.nola.com. Let's dive into it. Derek Carr having dinner uh, in Mid City on Wednesday evening with Saints officials touring the complex. So, what do we think about that? I mean, if if both parties weren't seriously interested, I don't think he would have been down here. Now it comes down to when it comes to Derek Carr, if the Las Vegas Raiders don't trade him by February the 15th, which is what? I don't know. What is that? Wednesday? Then they have to release him. Well, they don't have to release him, but they're going to release him. So a team that wants to make a trade has to do it by February the 15th. And here's why, before I get into the, um, you know, a lot of times, if you listen to the show, you've called me Derry Down, or a lot of people call me, I'm going to call the people who don't want this to happen, Dummy Downers. Okay, before we get into the Dummy Downers, um, the Saints are in the best position to get Derek Carr via trade, in my opinion. And we'll get into it with Jeff Duncan in just a moment. Because it's pretty simple. It's pretty darn simple. If you make the trade, and you're probably the only team out there, I would assume. I don't know this for sure. But the Saints are probably the only team willing to make a trade to get Derek Carr. Now, there are going to be multiple teams interested if he hits free agency. So the Saints would be better served to jump ahead of all those cats that have more money than they do and are willing to spend more money if they can jump the line. Now, Derek Carr can block any trade he wants. He can veto a trade. So he could theoretically say, you know what, Saints, I'll listen to you. I'm glad you brought me in, um, but I'm going to wait till free agency, and then I'm going to decide, if he wanted to do that. But however, I think if it's gone this far, I think the Saints 
know what they're willing to trade. They've already talked to Las Vegas about what they would be willing to trade. And Derek Carr obviously has interest in coming here or they wouldn't be wasting each other's time. So I think there's an excellent chance that this happens before the February 15th deadline. But what is wrong with Houdats? And I don't, I don't want to lump all the Houdats in one group because it's not, not just, it's not all of them. But I've seen so many ridiculously moronic comments on social media this week about Derek Carr and what it would mean for this team. Let me repeat what I have to repeat about four times, four to six times every year. Drew Brees is gone, and he's never coming back. What in the hell do you think this team is going to be able to get? Assuming you're not one of the real morons who think the team should tank next year. Okay, I'll get into the tanking portion of of this monologue in just a moment. But what, what are realistic thoughts on who could come in here and lead this team to victory better than Derek Carr? A rookie quarterback? There isn't a rookie quarterback that the Saints would have a possibility to get that could come in here and start and lead this team to victory. There's not. And if you think there is, you're wrong. So if you want this team to win in the near future, you got realistically two options and Derek Carr is by far the better of the two options. The other one is potentially Jimmy Garoppolo. That's even if you could get him to come here. Other than that, forget about it. You're not getting Aaron Rodgers. He's either going to Vegas, staying in Green Bay, or going to the Jets. Those are the three options for Aaron Rodgers. What else is out there? You're going to make some what do you think? You just go get Patrick Mahomes? Oh, we'll get Patrick. We'll get trade to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what are you, an idiot? Derek Carr, he's got a losing record. He's played on crappy teams with crappy defenses and crappy offensive lines. So you're judging him by that? I mean, look, I said it on the Bayou Bet Show. I'll say it again later on with. I think Jeff Duncan or Uncle Big Nick, I don't remember which one I said it with. But you're talking about a quarterback that played this season with the 29th best, or better yet, make it the fourth worst offensive line in football, as graded by Pro Football Focus, which is kind of the the guru of grading positions. They know what they're talking about. He had, sure, he had Devontae Adams. That's, that's great. Fantastic wide receiver. He's supposed to have Darren Waller, who was out most of the season. He had Josh Jacobs, who had a breakthrough season as a running back. They didn't have to throw the ball as much. But when they did, Derek Carr was just fine. Derek Carr is, to me, not only the best option out there, but he's... Probably a top 8-10 to quarterback. I want you to name me eight better quarterbacks than Derek Carr. I mean, it's easy to get the first four or five, right? Then what? He's easily, in my opinion, one of the top 8-10 to quarterbacks. And to be honest, this team hasn't a top 8-10 to quarterback. They have a chance to win next year. Win a championship? I don't know. I mean, that's, 
I, I think fans' expectations are real. You should be in it to win a championship every season. That should be the goal. Oh, a lot of those people are the same ones that think they should tank, by the way. Of course, that's, that's the goal in the grand scheme of things. But in reality, if you win your division and you have a home playoff game, anything can happen after that. We've seen it in the past. I mean, now, Tampa Bay had Tom Brady, but two years ago, they won the Super Bowl as a wild card. Last year, the Rams, I believe, were the what were they the third or fourth seed in the NFC. They got a home playoff game. But they had to go to Tampa Bay to win the NFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl, and they won the Super Bowl. So when you get to January, anything can happen. But anything can't happen for this team unless they get a quarterback, a real quarterback. You can't go through an... Look, I don't know about you, but yeah, sure, championships are a great goal to have. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. But would you rather wait five years and... I mean, who's to say they're going to have a better chance anyway if they revamp this team five years from now that they're going to do it right because they probably have to do it with a new general manager. Mickey Loomis is not that far from retirement. Oh, I hate Dennis Allen. I want him to lose. He's out of You're an idiot. I don't care if you don't like the coach or not. You can hate Dennis Allen all you want. Hoping the Saints lose so they can get rid of Dennis Allen and bring someone in who may be worse than Dennis Allen, you don't know, because you don't know who it would be, is moronic. I mean, let's quote Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. That's what the Saints, if the Saints are going to play to win the game, you bring in a quarterback. Changes the whole outlook of the draft. Do you bring in a rookie quarterback? Maybe. And let him sit behind. I don't, it depends on what kind of contract you sign with Derek Carr. Probably not in that situation. But you know what? You bring in Derek Carr, and then you start worrying about where you need help. You know, Jeff Duncan likes to say that the Saints are one of those teams that drafts the best player available. I don't think they always do that. They didn't do that last year. Now, they may have drafted the best player they thought at, at a position that they needed in Chris Olave and Trevor Penning when they were available. Now, I agree they did that, but I think this team is kind of in a similar boat. What does this team need? I think besides quarterback, which is one, and then two, three, and four aren't even kind of close. Quarterback is one, one A, one B, and one C. You get Derek Carr, you can worry about your offensive line. You can worry about what running back you're going to get. You can worry about getting help for Chris Olave because your help that you need more than anything is on the offense. I mean, I hear all these these predictions already, and people have the Saints draft and defensive linemen in the first round. That's insane. We'll talk about that in March and April. But I just don't understand the whole negative things. I don't care what his I don't you know what? I don't even know what his record is, his career record is. I didn't look it up. I don't care. I test. I watch football. I watch I probably watch part of every game. I have probably seen a piece of every game live this season. 
I'm a sicko. Yeah, I know. But it's part of my job. And if I don't see it live, I see bigger chunks of it later on. And I know that Derek Carr is the best option for this team, hands down. And if you don't see that, then I don't know what you're seeing. And the tank people, let's tank. For what? You know, if they, if they really suck and get the first round of the pick, they can get Caleb Williams next year. I don't think the Saints could suck enough to get the first pick of the draft. I don't think this team is in a position to be the worst team in, in the NFL. I just don't. I think that if they stay status quo, they don't get Derek Carr, they keep Andy Dalton, which is probably what would happen, and draft a rookie, and things go south, and then they start the rookie. Even if all that crap happens and they have injuries again and they stink, they're not going to go 3-14. and 14. Or 2-15, and 15, which is what it's going to take to get the first pick of the draft. Because if you don't get the first pick of the draft, you're probably not getting Caleb Williams next year. And beyond that, who's to say that Caleb Williams is the answer? Now, there are some quarterbacks next year. They're quarterbacks this year. Rookie quarterbacks are never the answer. Drafting with the first pick of the draft, look at the teams that draft with the first pick of the draft. The Texans, well, it's the Bears this year, and they stink. When do you see the Bears getting good again? Oh, they got Justin Fields. They could be good again. Their defense sucks. The Bears aren't going to be good anytime soon. The Texans are number two. When do you think the Texans are going to be good again? Like really good, like playoffs good. No time soon. Be realistic. That's all I ask. Think about things logically before you go into social media and spew a bunch of crap. Because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Or you live in la-la land. Either way, stop. You know, I said something on Twitter yesterday about how anyone who doesn't think Derek Carr is the best option for this team should go back to feeding the pigeons on Sunday afternoons in the fall. Go to the park. Take your family Saints Sunday. Saints are playing at noon Sunday. Take your family. Go to brunch. Hang out in the park. You can check the score at like 315 because you're a moron. You shouldn't watch football. Well, I don't. What do you know, Derry? I know enough to know you're a moron. Derek Carr is the best option for this team hands down, and that's it. And if you don't think that, you're wrong. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. It may may or may not happen. The Saints are better served, and I can see that they're trying to make it happen. They clearly think it's the right move to make. Is Derek Carr going to be Drew Brees? He's 32 years old. Of course not. Is he going to be here for 15 years? Of course not. He's 32 years old. Could he be here five, seven, eight years? Lead this team to the playoffs more times than not? Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but of course I want... The Saints to win the Super Bowl as the fan part of me, not just the writer part of me. Because I can't stand to watch what I watched last year, this past season. I can't, well, I mean, who knows? I may have to. But that's like torture. Watching four and eight was torture for 12 weeks. You want to go through that again? For what? 
It doesn't make any sense. It, uh, people don't make any sense. It's my job. I have to go on social media because I can tell you if I wasn't in this business and the day that I retire, whenever th- that day comes, and Lord knows I think about it, whenever the day comes that I retire, I'm probably going to delete my Twitter. And Facebook, I'm going to go on and put pictures of my kids and when they get married and when they have babies and that's going to be about it because I'm not reading the crap that I read. It, it's, it's, it's really absurd. That's my spew. We're going to have a long show today, so I guess, um, and we're going to talk a lot about it with Duncan in just a minute, but uh, we have a, a full show. It's probably going to be the longest show of the year. Um, as I record my monologue, I have no idea. I know how long the interviews are because I've done them all, um, so it's probably in the neighborhood of two hours. If you pick bits and pieces to listen to, I understand. Um, look, our listenership if that is listenership a word, I think it is. If our listenership is any indication, this show has really grown uh, over the past year for sure. Um, I find it interesting. Sometimes we do better as the, when the Saints don't play. You know, during the season, like we did fantastic last off season, like especially in June, July, and August. And then the numbers kind of went down a little bit during the season, and the, now they've really picked up again. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe people want to commiserate with me. Maybe there's, I don't know whether it's people who listen to, let's hear what that dumbass says today, or, man, he, I'm fired up like Derry. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I think it's probably a mixture of both. But whatever the reason, I thank you for, for being with us, especially if you've been with us throughout the entire first two seasons. We've got one podcast left in season number two, and it will be on Monday to talk a little bit more about the Saints and recap the Super Bowl. Mike Triplett, my old friend, is coming on, my fellow Cubs fan. Uh, he will help me do that. Uh, he's now with SaintsReport.com, formerly of ESPN, formerly of the Times-Picayune, which is how we met. Um, so Trip will be coming on Monday to, to wrap up season number two. That will be a much shorter show than this one, I promise you. Um, and then I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to take a week off of work and I think two and a half weeks off of Datitude. So I think after Monday, our next show is the first Friday in February, whatever date that is. I mean, first Friday in March, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that's March the 3rd, maybe. So I think that's when we come back uh, after the mini hiatus. But today, uh, besides Jeff Duncan, we talked for about 50 minutes. Uh, again, it's it's about half Saints and Derek Carr and about half of what we think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. And, of course, we reveal what king cake I'm going to get. That old bet that Jeff Duncan... Look, Jeff Duncan and I are usually on the same side. We're not. We made a little bet a few weeks ago on uh, Cowboys 49ers. He was on the wrong end. He believed in Dak Prescott. I did not. I believed in the 49ers defense. And I was correct. So we're going to talk about those things. And then I'm going to have a guest on that I've never had before. Josh Inglis of Covers.com. He's going to come on to talk about what to bet. Not, excuse me, not what to bet, how to bet the Super Bowl. If you're a rookie, amateur, casual better, maybe you've never made a bet before, if you've only made a few, there's so many things, so many ways to bet the Super Bowl. We talk about how to attack it and how to go about it because, trust me, it can get overwhelming. If you start diving into all these things, you can't bet on all these different props. And speaking of props, we'll finish it up with Uncle Big Nick, 
Uh, we give our picks for the weekend. It's been a wonderful year. Hope I'll wrap it up in style. It was a bad championship weekend. But overall, it's been a great season, and I uh, hope to finish it up in style. We're going to wrap this season up in style with a game pick and some prop bets. But let's start it here with Dunk as we get into Derek Carr, talk about the Super Bowl, and I'll be back with Josh Inglis after that. And Jeff Duncan joins me as he has for the past five and a half months on Fridays, and uh, it's, it seems like it's gone by so fast, Dunk. It always does, right? Football season is... Uh... Man, you, you start training camp, and then you start the season, J.D., and then literally you look up and it's January. It, it never fails how quickly football season goes, but it's been a lot of fun, man. I'm, I know we're both going to take a little break here, but look forward to diving back in closer to the draft maybe. Well, before we get started, I mean, we got to talk about the most important. I mean, we're going to talk about the Saints and Derek Carr and possibilities of Derek Carr. We're going to give our Super Bowl 57 predictions. Uh, we're going to get into the ins and outs of what we think might be key factors of the Super Bowl. But we're going to, have to talk about the most important thing of them all, Dunk. For the last three, four weeks, we've been talking about a lot about king cakes. We made a, little, made a little bet a couple weeks ago. You bet me that the 49ers wouldn't beat the Cowboys, and I knew I was on the right side in that one. We're, you know, we're, I'd say 80% of the time we're, we're on the same side. We're on different sides in that one. We bet a king cake, and, well, we know who won that one. So. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I actually uh, am planning to go down to the Bywater Bakery today or tomorrow. So you just tell – why don't you go on their website, look at their different kinds of king cakes they have, and let me know which one you want because I'm purchasing one myself for okay. myself. And you just let me know which one you want. I'm, I'm not welching on a bet. That's one of the worst traits a human well, being can have. So, but you already try. You already had Bywater, right? Yeah. Okay. So I was going to suggest that we try. So uh, I know how you like to expand your King Cake horizons. Okay, you want to try so a new one? I, I actually went out and I did a lot of King Cake research and talked about it with my wife. And I have come up with one that I think is unique, different, and kind of like goes into the New Orleans king cake mode. You know, so I found one I think that you and I will both like. There's a place called Sweet Life Bakery in, in Metairie. I don't know if you've ever okay. heard of it. Yeah, and I've then, heard of it. Okay, well, check it out, uh, and I'm giving them a free plug. We, we don't make any money by talking about it. I almost called to see if the chef would come on the show, but I didn't go that far because we got to we got a short window this morning. I'm going to try to end the show around 10 a.m. So check out Sweet Life Bakery. There is a bunch of different fillings, or you can get it traditional. There's one with uh, cake batter in it, filled with cake batter. Whoa. I think that is phenomenal. So there, there's all there's about 20 different fillings. I think that's the one I want to try. So if you're willing to go out to Metairie, I'll find a time next week to come over to that side and uh, – or maybe over the weekend or, or early next week and come pick it up. All right, you got a deal. All right, there it is, Sweet Life Bakery. I know so many of you have been wondering where I was going to get the king cake from, and Jeff Duncan does not welch on bets because he loses a lot in fantasy ball, foot, uh, baseball, and uh, that's about to that's start. That's true. That's about that's to start. Hey, I will just say this. I just noticed your post with your prediction. I know we're going to get into Super Bowl. We're on the same side there. So we'll, I know. We'll that later. I saw, I saw your column. I see that we're on the same side. That doesn't happen all that often. So, 
Anyway, we're going to go again. We're going to be live for about the next 40 minutes or so, uh, give or take, probably more give than take. Um, and, again, we're going to be talking about all sorts of things. I didn't think we were going to talk a lot about the Saints from last week, but there is Saints news this week, and it's it's sort of controversial. So we're going to get into that here. If you want to talk to us on YouTube or Facebook, just type your message into the comments section as uh, as Jerry did. Uh, he's got a. He said he's got a poll on his channel referring to Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, go take Jerry's poll. Uh, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, if you're on Twitter, you're gonna have to mess uh, or tag me at Jim Derry Jr. And if you do that, I will get your uh, comment on the air, and um, we'll talk about it here. If you want to ask Dunk a question, you want to tell me how wrong I am about life in general, go ahead. It wouldn't be the first time. All right, let's get into it, Dunk, and. Uh, I want to start with the Saints, and um, again, I didn't. I thought last week this would be just a Super Bowl show, and turns out uh, there is Saints news this week. Um, Derek Carr visiting New Orleans uh, was taken out to dinner, I believe, Wednesday night. Uh, was I think walking around the facilities on Thursday, so I'm sure he's headed back to wherever he he lives, or maybe he's going to Super Bowl. I don't know, but um, I find it an interesting situation for multiple reasons. First off. Um, the fact that the Saints, that he would come here shows that he is interested. Um, he wouldn't come here if he wasn't interested in potentially joining. And obviously, there's a history between he and Dennis Allen because Dennis Allen was the coach when he first got drafted by the Raiders. So just talk about, before we get into whether it might be the right move and what fans think and all this stuff, just tell me uh, what you know about Derek Carr coming in. And, and if you agree with me, he wouldn't come here if – you know, if he wasn't interested in coming to New Orleans. Yeah, J.D., look, it makes all the sense in the world, right, with the background that Dennis Allen has with Derek Carr. Look, they knew, they being the Saints front office, they knew they had to upgrade the quarterback position. And I don't think there's any doubt that Derek Carr is an upgrade over what they had last season. Zero question. Yeah, so, uh, you know, whether he's the bona fide long-term answer, I think is a question that remains to be seen, will be answered but he's definitely an upgrade over what they had. And I think it's pretty clear this is their guy, right? I mean, they're whining and dining him. They brought his wife in. Uh, This is like a big-time free agent visit, very similar to what they did with Drew Brees back in 2006. They let him know he's their guy. I think it's going to probably come down to how well they can restructure his contract to make it work given their uh, limitations. But I don't see that as being – a real, um, uh, you know, prohibition. You know, I, you know, I don't think it's going to stop this deal from getting done. I think it's it. They would not have gotten to this point. Exactly. Both sides were not mutually interested in making it happen. Uh, now, the key is going to be also what are the Saints willing to give up for Derek Carr? I think that's an important factor here. I mean, the Saints could wait and just let him be released and go to free agency. He wouldn't have to give up anything. But doing that, they run the risk of having competition. But the fact is, is if Derek Carr wants to be here, you could wait this out and make the Raiders release him, and you'd have you know no compensation. So I think the Saints are in a really good position here. There doesn't seem to be a ton of other competition for him. I'm sure they're working kind of in tandem with Derek Carr's agent. Uh, so I think all sides are probably in agreement here. If they can work out the financials. Uh, Derek Carr is going to end up being a New Orleans Saint. Tribe 504, you don't know how right you are. 
He says, I'm just wrong about life in general. My wife tells me that every single day. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're <laughs> probably probably right. Dunk, I think that um, here's my, before I get into my opinion about Derek Carr, I, I think that the Saints would be much better served to get this done in a trade. I realize you're giving up something. You could wait to free agency. If he really wants to come here, he's going to come here anyway. But I think for the Saints, it's not worth the risk. And Lord knows how we've talked about I'm a gambling man and all those things. But um, I, I don't think it's worth the risk. If this is your franchise quarterback, you think this could be quarterback for the next five to seven to eight years, then you give up a third-round pick or whatever that it's going to take because I think that's about what it's going to take. I mean, the Raiders just want to get his salary off their hands. So if, if you're willing to make the deal um, and you can get him in here for whatever, just get him in here. And um, – spend whatever pick it takes to get him because look, when you open up players to free agent markets, it goes back to what I was talking about holding the cards with Sean Payton, the saints sort of, they don't, it's not a Trump card, but they hold an ACE card, I think. And I think you, you use that ACE card. If he wants to come here, he's willing to come here, willing to be traded, then get the thing done. And then you don't have to worry about him being exposed to other teams. Yeah. I I get that thinking too. And, and, I really don't think it's going to cost them much in a trade. Uh, I think the Raiders are ready to move on. Now, the question I would have, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, a Saints fan, is why are the Raiders so willing to move on? I know they've got a big number uh, that they don't want to pay. They must feel like they want to go in another direction. But Knicks are hard to find this league, as the Saints have found out in the past uh, two seasons. And it does make you have a little pause as to why they're willing to move on from Derek Carr. Well, that, that is also true. And you saw the message from Stowe, uh, Bologna, talking about he's a Raider fan. He would have been fine with an O-line. It, and Barry asked the question, is it true Carr has never played on a team whose defense was ranked above 23rd at season's end? I know he's never had a good defense. And a lot of people talk about, well, I mean, then he should throw for more yards. But Here's a more important fact, and it goes to what Stowe was talking about. That if you look by pro football focus, which is kind of the, the standard for grading different positions, the Raiders had the 29th-ranked offensive line this year dunked. And, I mean, it, you know, he had injuries. Darren Waller was injured for most of the year. He had a really good running game with Josh Jacobs. They didn't have to throw as much. And I realize he had Devontae Adams, but, I mean, really – Derek Carr, I think, is is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this league. And at 32 years old, he still, I think, can has a lot to prove and can prove that. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a really good move. I like that they're being bold and aggressive, getting out in front of this. I mean, they know that this has to be their top priority. They know the fans are frustrated, so this sends a sign and a message, I should say, to Saints fans that look, Derek Carr is not Drew Brees, but he's Certainly a major no upgrade. And this team doesn't really need Drew Brees right now. They've just got to be better than Sam Darnold, Desmond Ritter, and whoever Tampa Bay ends up at quarterback because the rest of the roster's in pretty good shape. So I, I like I like the move. I like that they're being aggressive at a time when they really need to. They haven't been aggressive in a while now. And so I think this move, the, the familiarity with each side, I, I can see why Derek Carr would be extremely excited to join the Saints a lot of positives there with that offensive line. Uh, you know, the defense, like you said, there's some things he didn't have as resources with the Raiders that he's going to have here in New Orleans. Uh, so it does make a lot of sense. And, 
I think I think we'll see this thing happen sooner rather than later. We have a comment and a question, and the comment is from Wilson Ahmed Jamil. This is his first time watching the show. Thank you for watching the show. Uh, we appreciate it. And he says uh, he's the first person to suggest Derek Carr. Okay, well that's that's good. He he's a need. There's there's no question that that quarterback is definitely a need. The question comes from William Lopez, who asked Dunk. Wasn't Derek Carr's best years under Gruden, who runs an offense similar to what the Saints run? Yes, exactly right. And that's part of the reason why the Saints liked him. Uh, you know, we know that they're trying to keep their offensive staff intact. Uh, the, you know, obviously Sean Payton and the Broncos are trying to uh, get in there and get a few players, a uh, few coaches away. But the fact is, Pete Carmichael is going to remain the offensive coordinator and probably the play caller now uh, if Ronald Curry does leave. But uh, this is a very similar system. And I don't think the Saints are going to have to rely on Derek Carr, uh, you know, his passing. That's not the way uh, uh, Dennis Allen wants to run the offense. He wants to be balanced, ball control, and have a quarterback that can threaten people deep. And I think that's the key. Uh, Andy Dalton played well within his limitations, what he was physically, but he didn't threaten anybody deep. Uh, No one was scared, so they consequently – Defenses gang the line of scrimmage. They concentrated on Alvin Kamara. They could focus their game plans on stopping the run and making Andy Dalton beat them. And when they played really good teams, he simply couldn't do it. Now they've got a quarterback, certainly, that they can threaten them down the field. And if they remake their their receiving core this offseason, which I think they probably will, uh, then you, know, you could form that around the strengths of Derek Carr, who has a terrific arm. Not going to dive super deep into uh, my thoughts here because I'm going to, after this show is over, after the live portion of the show is over, and those of you who listen on the podcast itself after we record this, um, I give my full thoughts in my monologue. Um, and I will go into that. I have about a 15 minute monologue this morning. And look, the, the gist of it is this I mean, there is, there's no question that the Saints' number one need. And there's number two and three aren't close. The Saints' number one need is quarterback. I mean, that is if you're not going to revamp the entire team and restructure and and go through a whole rebuilding process. And I don't think that's what this team wants to do. And I'm really not suggesting that they do that. So if you want to win in the near future, and like Dunk said, with the the other teams in this league and this division that probably aren't going to be very good, I mean, this is probably the way to go. And there's – so leading into that, there is no question, and I don't care who you are, how you're grading, what you think is out there, there is no question that Derek Carr is, is going to be the best option, at least available to the New Orleans Saints. Now, Aaron Rodgers may become available, but he's not going to become available to the Saints. So that, that's out of the question. So of the quarterbacks that are potentially available, and someone that could be on this team for, again, for five, six, seven years, Derek Carr at age 32, I think is – is unquestionably uh, the best answer. And I don't understand some of these people on social media who are just downing. I'm, Dunk, I saw people talking about the Saints' best option is to tank. I mean, if you think that your team should tank, you really ought to go back to feeding the pigeons on Sunday. I mean, don't watch football. No, You don't tank. And the Saints are not a team that would ever do that sort of thing anyway. No, i tell you the other thing that I think what, we're, what you're learning from – the way the brain trust is operating is they still see this window for this, this roster yep. 
to compete right now. I mean, it's a pretty mature roster. When you look at the top players on this team, especially defensively, Mario Davis, Cam Jordan, uh, Tyree Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, you've got veteran guys in either in their primes or on the back end of their primes. Uh, so they're going out and getting a guy that's a proven winner at this level. Uh, tanking would, would, would represent a completely different philosophy at the quarterback position. Now, that doesn't, I think, preempt them from drafting a quarterback sometime in this draft right. as a long-term solution. But this allows them now to not have to worry about the position this year. I think it's, it's sending a message to that locker room that we're all in to try and win right away this year. And I've already seen some comments from some players that are out of the Super Bowl welcoming this this move. So I think it's uh, bolstering the enthusiasm after a, a tough 2022 season. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've been down on what this team's done the past, I guess, month or so, or if you want to include the season, the past three months. But I think that this would be a fantastic move for this franchise. I think – it gives the Saints a chance to to be a 10-7 and 7 type of team and get in the playoffs. And, you know, football to me is not like baseball. Uh, football is the best team doesn't always win in football. Best team doesn't always win a championship. It, so the Saints will never win a championship with Derek. I mean, I've seen that. I mean, how do you know that? I mean, really, to me, the Saints are really a quarter, a really good quarterback, and I think Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. Maybe an offensive lineman and a, and a and a running back away from being a legitimate contender in this league. And I mean, you can go easily from seven and 10 to 10 and seven and get yourself in the playoffs and have a chance to win a title. Yeah. Look, this is a team that I realized they beat the Eagles with Gardner Minshew, a quarterback, but yeah, but still, that game, yeah, I'm they glad were you brought that on up. the road and played arguably one of the two or three best teams in the league uh, and beat them on their home field. Uh, you don't do that unless you've got a talented roster and they did it with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Now, Derek Carr's an upgrade there. They've got to address The other thing it does, Jim, and this is something the Saints have always done during this time of year, they try and fill as many holes as they can on the roster. So when they get to the draft, they just take the best players on the That's board. Right. I know that sounds cliche, but it's exactly what they should be doing, and it's what they have done. So they can, if they can continue to fill these holes, and as you said, Quarterback was the biggest hole. They had to address that. Now they can go whatever direction they want, assuming they fill some other needs leading up uh, to the draft and free agency. They can go whatever direction they want and have that luxury in the draft. If there's a quarterback they really love as a long-term prospect, they can pull the trigger on them. If there's a great tackle, I mean, a guard there or defensive tackle, they can go in whatever direction they want. I think it's exactly the way you have to operate in this league. Look, I said, uh, what, three, four weeks ago when the season was over, don't be fooled by the three-game winning streak. This team is not in a position to, you know, take the next step. Well, that that was assuming that things were going to stay status quo. You get a, if you get a quarterback, to me, and going back to your point about Philadelphia game, I mean, that first drive against Philadelphia kind of showed you what this team is capable of. I think it was a 15- or 16-play drive dunk. And they went, they smashed it right down the best running defense. They smashed it right down their throats. A little bit of passing mixed in, but it was a lot of Taysom Hill. It was a lot of Alvin Kamara. And they just did whatever they wanted on that drive. And then the next time they got the ball, they did a, a similar thing. 
I mean, that whole first half, if you go back and watch that Saints-Eagles game, Dunk, the Saints were more physical than this Eagles team that is going to the Super Bowl this Sunday and is the best team in the NFC. Yeah, well, that's got to be the formula, I think, going forward, right? You know, physical running game, yes. ball control offense. I mean, that's basically what the Eagles are. The Eagles obviously run that's the ball. exactly what they are. RPO attack. They're good. That's not going to be Derek Carr, but the Saints have that element with Taysom Hill in their offense. So I think it's going to be interesting. If they get Carr under wraps, uh, how they function going forward with Taysom Hill, suddenly this team becomes a lot more formidable at the quarterback position. Obviously, they're going to have to move on from Jameis Winston, and Andy Dalton will sign elsewhere in free agency, but that's one huge aspect of this team that they can check off the to-do list. Jameis Winston moving on is a fait accompli. That's that's happening. That's that's. I mean, I know a lot of people are happy about it. Whether you're happy about it or not, it doesn't make a difference. That's going to happen. Um, look, this team, you know, they're in position to win, and if you're in position to have a chance, you take it. Again, uh, more about that in my monologue. You can go find Attitude wherever you get your podcast. When I'm done with this, I'll add that on. We actually have um, a couple of really uh, cool things to talk more about the Super Bowl. We have uh, on the podcast itself, um, the recorded podcast, which you can find anywhere. We have um, Josh Inglis from Covers.com. We talk about how to bet the Super Bowl, um, not just what to bet, um, how to bet the Super Bowl. And for a lot of people that – just, you know, they make casual bets here and there, and then they get into the Super Bowl. Um, there are ways to look at it. There are literally 2,000 on Caesars Sportsbook. There are literally 2,000 ways to bet the Super Bowl with player props, team props, first half props, quarter props. It's insane. Duncan, I, I mean, I, I stopped going through them all. I couldn't go through them all. I don't really have that much time. It took me two, three days to, to do my analysis on this game, and – I just didn't have the time, but do you do you go in there and look at all these different things you can bet? Well, I did. I did in preparation for writing my column, and I was overwhelmed. I had to. I had to bail <laughs> out. I mean, I've never seen so many different prop bets in my life. Uh, you're right. You need someone to kind of filter through that for you because uh, uh, you could definitely get into trouble trying to make too many bets. I think the way I, I looked at it is. Uh, how do I think the game is going to play? How is it going to be played? And then, you know, try to get it. You know, it's almost like a horse race. How, how right. is the race going to be run? You're trying to anticipate, handicap the pace and style. And that's kind of what I'm doing in this game. And if I were to make prop bets, it would be based on what I think is going to happen uh, in the game. And, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. And uh, again, I have. If you're interested, uh, you can go check out the podcast. It'll be up around a little before noon, somewhere around there. Um, and you can skip through this part because you've already listened to it. So you can listen to my monologue, skip through this part, and then we have Josh English from Covers on. And then at the end, as we do every Friday, uh, Uncle Big Nick is not on the live portion of the show, but we make our picks for the week, and we're going to finish it off. Um, I've had a... Really good year. I think my total on my best bets is something around 55 and 35. So it's it's been a pretty good year. And uh, I have my pick for the game, which I'm about to tell you what it is. So you want to hear that part. But I also have four prop bets that I really like. Um, I'm not going to share the prop bets here on the show. You're going to have to go listen to the podcast to, to, to catch that and my reasoning for them. But let's get into the Super Bowl dunk. Again, you and I are both on the same side. Um, and I'm going to let you go first. If, by the way, if anybody wants to make their prediction, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, 
you watch it on Twitter, you're going to have to get me at, at Jim Derry Jr. But if you watch it on Facebook or YouTube, you can post it in the comments, and I'll post it here. Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, two number one seeds going after one another. Um, you know, for the most part, the talking heads out there, whether they pick Philadelphia or they pick Kansas City, they think it's going to be a tight game. They think it's going to be this great Super Bowl, which tells me it's not going to be a great Super Bowl. <laughs> I think it's going to be kind of a boring Super Bowl because I think one team is more dominant than the other. What do you think? Well, first of all, let me let me blow some smoke for you. Uh, 55 and 35 is not pretty good. That's phenomenal. I mean, anybody in this line of work knows that if you can hit 55%, you're doing really well in this business. For you to go 55 and 35 that's phenomenal. So I wanted to recognize that. Well, thank you. Uh, you're being you're being modest right now. Uh, look, I, I think it comes down to I compared this game in my column this week to the Super Bowl 50 I covered out in San Francisco between the Broncos and the Panthers. And people might remember that game. Cam Newton had a little bit of a, oh, yeah. a bad day at the office, and Peyton Manning got sent off into the sunset with a, a Super Bowl in his final game. But that game, I think people forget, the Panthers were heavy favorites in that game. They were 15-1 and that year. Newton won the MVP, and they cruised through the NFC playoffs. They never trailed. They killed both teams they played, Seattle and Arizona, in Charlotte. And then they got in the Super Bowl, and immediately things went against them. They, I think they fumbled a ball near the goal line early on. Next thing you know, they're down 10 to nothing before they even batted an eye. And as heavy favorites against that good Denver defense, it was just a bad combination. And I think the exact same thing is going to happen to Philadelphia this week. They've not trailed Jim since that Saints game that we mentioned uh, in week 17. They, they went wire-to-wire on the Giants in their regular season finale. They've gone wire-to-wire in both these games in the playoffs. They really haven't had much adversity. Everything's gone their way. They got the big call on Devontae Smith that we now know was not a catch that helped them early against the Niners. I mean, everything's kind of gone their way. It's not going to happen against Kansas City. And I think if they get down early, even though I think they've got a dynamic offense and I really like Jalen Hurts, they're not built to uh, you know make big rallies, especially against a team like Kansas City. And I think if Kansas City can get a lead on them, it'll put pressure on Jalen Hurts, and Nick Sirianni, guys that have not been on this stage before, and I think they could come unraveled the same way Cam Newton and the Panthers did. You know, the the casual better, and we get like I talked about. We're going to get into the podcast, uh, the 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 entire podcast. We're going to get into how to bet. One thing that amateurs and rookies and casual betters, the mistake they make more than any other is. They bet on what have I seen lately. Right. And when I say lately, I mean like last. It yep. doesn't matter what anything happened two weeks ago or four weeks ago or six weeks ago or eight weeks ago. It doesn't matter to them. And that all they look at is what they saw last week. And what they saw last week or now a week and a half ago is they saw the Eagles beat a team that didn't have a quarterback. And I, I, I understand you, you, you see what you want to see. And meanwhile, to me, the Chiefs, had a dogfight with what could be the second-best team in the NFL, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, legitimately, I think you, you can make an argument that the Chiefs and the Bengals are one and two in the NFL. I, I think that's an easy comparison to make. Now, everybody wants to talk about the Eagles' defense. Here's a list of 
quarterbacks that the Eagles have defeated this year. Yes, I'm glad you're doing that because I looked at that when I was doing my prediction. I've never seen such a sorry list. Go ahead. They beat Jared Goff by three. They beat Kirk Cousins. Okay, he's okay. Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, who had a terrible year before he got injured, and they beat him by three. Cooper Rush, Kenny Pickett, Davis Mills, Matt Ryan by one before he got yanked. Aaron Rodgers until he got hurt in the third quarter and then Jordan Love. Ryan Tannehill until he got hurt and then Malik Willis. Daniel Jones until he got hurt and then Tyrod Taylor. Justin Fields by five on the worst team in football. Davis Webb. Who the hell is Davis Webb? Daniel Jones again. And then, well, the 49ers didn't have a quarterback for most of the NFC Championship game. And the three quarterbacks they lost to, Taylor Heineke, Andy Dalton, and Dakota Prescott. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's a really good point. And it's one of the reasons why I think they're a little fraudulent on that side of the ball. Uh, and I think Andy Reid, having two weeks, I have such respect for him as a play caller and game planner. I just think that matchup, don't underestimate. I mean, the two most important facets to any NFL team are the head coach and quarterback. And I think the Eagles are at a decided disadvantage at both those spots against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And I like what I hear from Patrick Mahomes all week. I mean, this guy's yeah. on a mission. He's Absolutely. on a mission to get a second ring. You can just feel it. From week one. Yeah, and I just feel like they've been going against Joe Burrow and, you know, really elite quarterbacks. I know their defense is, sus- is suspect a little bit, too, in some areas. They start a lot of young players on the back end. But they've been through the ringer. These guys, I think, have grown up this season. And I, I just feel like, uh, this is meant to be in a lot of ways for Kansas City. Before the season started and we were doing our predictions on on over-unders, we did a long series. Uh, you can go back if you want to watch it. It's it's on betnotnola.com. You can search for it. It's it's on my personal YouTube page. Every single one over-unders. I think we, we were, I think for the second straight year, we had more than 19 correct. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the, the total was. I have to go back and look. But when we talked about Kansas City, what worried me about them is that they had a gauntlet to run through the first half of the season. I was worried that they'd be 4-4, four and four, and I said, you know, wait to bet on the Chiefs because I think they'll be 4-4. Four and four. You'll probably get them at, like, plus 1,200. They'll be lurking in the weeds. Well, you know what? They didn't go 4-4. Four and four. They, went, they started out 6-2. and two. They ran through that gauntlet, and they did play like they were on a mission. They had a fluke loss against the Colts. Um, but other than that, and they, you know, they they got beat by three by the Buffalo Bills, who at the time were the number one rated team in the NFL. They beat Joe Burrow later on. They they beat Tom Brady. They beat Justin Herbert twice. They beat Derek Carr twice. I mean, this is a team that is battle tested, as you talk about. And we had this argument yesterday about you bets. Well, it's not the Eagles' fault that they played that schedule. No, it's not the Eagles' fault. But at the same time, you can't take too much from what they've done. Their 14-3 and regular season record is not the same as the Kansas City Chiefs' 14-3 and record. And to me, that makes a whole world of difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched them in that game, that big high-profile game against the Cowboys late in the year when Dak Prescott was on the field, not Cooper Rush. And, man, they gave up a lot of big plays. They, they, they got after Prescott a few times. They have a good pass rush. But when he had time, there were guys open downfield. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I know James Bradbury's had a decent year, but he's been covered up a lot by some of that zone. Uh, that's a guy that I, I saw over the years the Saints uh, target in coverage. And I just feel like that the Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to buy time with his legs. I know he's got the ankle injury, but it's, it sounds like it's coming along. And I just think he's, he's something they've not faced all year long, his ability to make plays and put pressure on that back end that I think is much more uh, susceptible or vulnerable, I should say, than what they've shown all year because they haven't faced great quarterback play. Uh, I think he's going to make some big plays downfield. Yeah, I agree with you, and um, I, like you said, I think he's on a mission. I think we've seen that since week one. Uh, Barry just po- we just posted a comment from Barry that likes the fact that Andy Reid has two weeks to prepare. Um, you know, here's a stat that I heard from people that I respect and trust. I have not looked this up myself, so this is not official. This is something that I heard with two with a after a bye week, Andy Reid in his coaching career. Straight up, is twenty eight and four. Yeah, um, uh, that that is, un, that it's beyond phenomenal. I don't care who you're playing. This is the NFL. You go twenty eight and four. This isn't college where you're Alabama and you're Nick Saban and you know you have a bye week and then you know you might play Vanderbilt. You know this is this is the NFL where I don't care who you play. You go twenty eight and four after a bye week. And this could be Super Bowl. This could be during the regular season. This could be you had a bye week and then you go into the divisional round, whatever. 28 and four is amazing. And Andy Reid versus Nick Sirianni, I'm sorry, but look, I, I, I'm not a fan of the way Nick Sirianni coaches anyway. I'm not a fan of these new coaches and their analytics and all that sort of th- thing. Anyone that's listened to me knows that. Okay. But that's not why I don't like Nick Sirianni in this game. I think that he, at some point, he's going to face a pressure situation. And he's going to do something that's silly, and Andy Reid's going to pounce on it like, like it's a Christmas present. Yeah, you know that that record, by the way, was so impressive that Sean Payton uh, spent time with Andy Reid at one of the NFL owners' meetings, picking his brain about what his process was, what his routine was after a bye week. He he talked a lot about that, how impressive it was, and uh, that it wasn't coincidental or by happenstance that he had that record. So I, I agree with you. I think it's a, a decided advantage for the Chiefs in this game. They've been on this stage before. Look, Andy Reid's, what, one and two now? One and two in Super Bowls. Yes. Lost one with Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, you know he's going to want to win this game. Uh, you know, there was actually some rumors. I mentioned this in my column. Uh, people, I don't think, widely have, have heard this, hadn't gotten out, but some of my sources in the league, uh, there's been murmurs and whispers that Andy Reid might retire after this season. Uh, that was actually one of the mystery teams, I think, that might have been involved with Sean Payton if Andy Reid did step down. Now, I think they'll end up promoting from within if that happens. But just having said that, I don't think he'll, he'll do it because if, if I were him, there's no way I'd leave Patrick Mahomes in his prime. But there is a little incentive for him if he does uh, you know, behind closed doors, harbor thoughts of retirement. Andy Reid has had a rough life outside of football, especially right. in the last 10 to 15 years, for those who don't know. Um, it has not been uh, all roses and sunshine for Andy Reid uh, away from football. So, and he's uh, 64 years old. He's one of the, you know, no offense to Andy, but I mean, he's a guy that I guess because he's been a part of it's because he's been around for so long. I went and looked and he's been coaching 
as either uh, a graduate assistant in college through his ranks in the NFL uh, since since 82. So, you know, since I was a teenager, Andy Reid's been coaching football. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it. But he, he looks at like an old 64. And it's not an easy job. I mean, I mean, that's an understatement of the year. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. I've heard the same rumors. Obviously, your sources are better than mine. But I've all heard the same thing. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If you win a Super Bowl, what better way is there to ride off into the sunset? I mean, John Elway decided to come back and then won another Super Bowl. But uh, a lot of a lot of guys, uh, whether you're a player or a coach, and you're close to that point, if you get a chance to ride off in the sunset with holding that Lombardi Trophy, there's a lot to be said for that. Well, he's fifth all-time in wins right now on the all-time NFL coaching list. Uh, I, I looked it up too. I mean, amazing number. Seventeen of his twenty-four years, his teams have won double digits. That's insane. That really is. That's sustained success at two different franchises. Uh, he, if he wins another uh, Lombardi Trophy, another Super Bowl, uh, he's going to Canton, no doubt about it. I think he's probably going anyway, uh, but that would cement his status. And as I wrote in my column for this weekend, Patrick Mahomes as well has a chance to win a second Super Bowl. Only 12 quarterbacks have ever done it. Only 13 head coaches have ever won multiple Super Bowls. So both these guys – their legacies have a chance to be enhanced. They're already really uh, in elite company, but it takes them to a whole nother level when you get that second Super Bowl. Well, I'll give you a stat that that you I write a big trends column uh, for all the playoff weekends. I do it for the Saints every every week, and uh, during the playoffs, I just write uh, trends columns on each of the games. And I have a big one this week with all kinds of fun facts and stats, and some of them aren't important. Some of them are just fun to read and kind of cool. To me, this one's important. How about this, Dunk? The Chiefs have been around, as you and I both know. Uh, they started in the AFL. They've been around since 1960. Started off as the Dallas Texans. This is going to be their 41st postseason game in team history. And of the 41, of the 41 playoff games, 19 of them have come with Andy Reid as their coach, who took over before the 2013 season. That's hard to fathom. Almost. Half of their playoff games in team history have come with Andy Reid as their coach. Kansas City is 11-7 and in the playoffs under Andy Reid. Without Andy Reid as coach, they are 8-14 and in all their other playoff games combined. I mean, that's a pretty significant stat. Yeah, I mean, remarkable <laughs> was the way I'd put it. I mean... Uh, and they went to Super two Super Bowls with Hank Stram way back in the in the late sixties yep. and then in nineteen seventy. So and look, I can tell you in the business, you know, you go to NFL owners meetings or in the combine, you talk to other coaches in the league. Andy Reid is universally respected. Yeah, uh, you know, he is on a level that uh, among his peers, uh, there's just no one that will say anything bad about him. He looks out for other coaches. Uh, he never says anything bad about anybody else. I mean, he's just. The kind of guy you root for, everybody's rooting for him. And look, I I think Nick Sirianni's done an incredible job. He, he, you know, let's let's face it, the Eagles, in some ways, I think, are a model for a lot of other franchises and how they rebuilt this uh, club. You know, I mean, they were all in on Carson Wentz, and they rebuilt the roster. They found Jalen Hurts, and not in the first round, they get a quarterback, you know, uh, in the middle round, and then they end up getting out from under the Carson Wentz deal and rebuilding the entire front office 
uh, I'm sorry, coaching staff, uh, after moving on from Doug Peterson, uh, you know, resurrected, uh, I'm sorry, they rebuilt their uh, offensive system around Jalen Hurts' skill set. I mean, they've done a lot of good things there. Uh, but they're going to get in this game on this stage against per- perhaps the greatest quarterback we've seen in the last 20, 25 years. I mean, this is another kind of player that's taken the game to another level. Patrick Mahomes keeps doing what he's doing, J.D. He's going to rewrite the NFL record book for every no passing question. number that we've seen Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees put up. Uh, I just I just feel like this is a kind of a, a milestone moment for Patrick Mahomes, and on this stage, uh, he's going to put on a show. If he wants to play until he's 37, 38, 39, Patrick Mahomes has a legit – I know 85% of the football-watching public thinks that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback that's ever played, maybe the greatest player that's ever played. I don't necessarily agree. I'm not going to get into that debate. We could talk about that in the offseason. But regardless of all that, Patrick Mahomes has a legitimate chance to finish his career as the best quarterback that's ever played. I, I believe that. And, uh, you know, I think it's Joe Montana, but, again, an argument for a different day. But Patrick Mahomes does things that I've never seen anyone else do, and I've seen him do things that no one else can do. It's, it's amazing some of the things that he does. So we'll see what happens. Uh one interesting tidbit before we give our final scores and say uh, say goodbye for the for season number two here on Datitude. Uh, you you like when I bring up who the referee is going to be because that is an important key part of whatever game uh, we're looking at. And the head official for this Super Bowl is Carl Sheffers, who is in his twenty third season as an official, but he's in his fifteenth season. He's one of the dean. I don't know if he's the dean. But he's one of the deans of uh, of NFL head referees. This is his third Super Bowl assignment. He uh, he refereed the Super Bowl when, and Saints fans will love this. He refereed the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl, the the infamous twenty eight to three Super Bowl. He was there for that, and then he also uh, refereed another Tom Brady victory in twenty twenty one when the Bucks beat the Chiefs. Uh, he was there for that. The Eagles are 6-8 and eight all time when Sheffers is the head referee. And the Chiefs, including two victories this season, are 16-7. and seven. Does that mean anything here? We'll have to see, but Sheffers is known. I don't think he's going to call as many penalties as he usually does because he's one of the, one of the crews that has more penalties than, than a lot of the others. I think I read it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to 14 penalties per game. But we've seen in the playoffs, Dunk, there haven't been a whole – I think the flags have kind of stayed in the pockets. I would expect that here on Sunday as well. Yeah, usually in these big games, uh, they let them play. Uh, you know, that's been the, the tradition of the league. They want a, a smooth-flowing game. They don't want to interrupt it with a lot of penalties. So that means holding, uh, you know, defensive uh, pass interference, things like that, illegal contact. They're going to let that slide a little bit. It's not going to be as ticky-tack as normal. So that – you know, if teams adjust, uh, I think players like that. We saw it last week. Why don't and, they do that in the regular season? Well, we saw in the playoffs as well. I mean, like, uh, you saw, like, people going on to social media showing all these holds that offensive linemen were getting away with. Uh, I prefer that. Let, as long as everybody knows what the standard is and it's consistent, players just want to be able to play. Let them decide it on the field. Uh, you know, if it's egregious, you call it. But otherwise uh, – you know, let them, let them play. And 
Uh, I think that'll be the way this game's officiated on Sunday. I will also say this. I think eight times out of ten, you cannot take a still photo and say, see, this was holding or whatever. Right. I mean, sometimes you can because he's got a hold of the jersey and you see the jersey's pulled. But even then, though, sometimes it's a pulled jersey and it's like let go to where it doesn't affect the play and you don't call it. So you cannot take a still photo and say this proves anything. I mean, again, eight times out of ten. Sometimes you can, but more times than not, and especially in the one that was going on around in social media, I didn't think that game was that all that poorly officiated. There, there were some mistakes made. Um, but I thought I think overall in the playoffs, I think playoffs. I, I can't do it. Cannot say playoffs without doing that. <laughs> um, I think over in general, I think in the postseason, it's it's. I think officiating's been pretty good. I agree. Look, I, I think when people do that, they're not looking at their side of the coin. Uh, they're probably their offensive linemen are probably getting away with the exact same thing. I exactly. Mean, it's the way way it works. Exactly. Uh, as long as it's consistent, players will tell you. Coaches will tell you. Just. Just try to maintain maintain some consistency. It's the same thing in basketball. Yep. You know? My team got screwed. My team got screwed. All right. Anyway. All right. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to finish the show up, uh, wrap it up with final score predictions. I think uh, everybody pretty much knows if they've listened to the last 15 minutes or any of the last 15 minutes, they know where we're going. But Jeff Duncan, give me a final score prediction. I picked the Chiefs 31-20. Picked them by 11, uh, and I think it could right be. Right on the close. number. Yeah, it could right be. Right on close. the total. Is that the total, 51? 51. Wow. Um, I think it's a good a good bet is to do, get into that alternate spread. Yes, And, and take the Chiefs because I think you can get some good value there. Uh, like I said, I think if the Chiefs win the coin flip, wouldn't surprise me if they take the ball and try and move down the field and get a lead. Uh, the, the Eagles have been really successful in jumping on teams early. They've dominated time of possession. I think that's going to be a key uh, statistic in this game. And the Chiefs have to be able to control the ball. And if they can get a lead and make the Eagles a little one-dimensional, puts a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. I don't think Jalen Hurts can beat the Chiefs passing the ball. And I think that's going to be Steve Spagnuolo's uh, philosophy in this game, strategy. Try to make them beat them through the air. I don't think they can do it. And I think this game could be a little, little lopsided for the Chiefs if if they get a lead early. Well, I will tell you this. I think no matter what the coin flip is, I think the, the Chiefs are going to get the ball first because I do think I agree with you 100%. I think if the Chiefs win the toss, unlike most regular games, uh, and the Chiefs have been known to take the ball first anyway, I think they're one of the few that still do every now and then. I think the Chiefs do take the ball first, and I think they do want to send a message because the Eagles have been known to get off the hot starts and, their first drive success rate is well-documented. So the Chiefs would love to get the ball first and go down. And I think, conversely, we know that Nick Sirianni, if he wins the toss, he's going to defer. So I think there's an excellent chance that the Chiefs score first, which leads to potential Chiefs scoring first props. You have to go take a look at that. But, uh, look, I agree with you 100%. I, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than people think, though. Um, I've made my prediction of 27 to 10. I actually made it put a little... Little little bit of something on that five dollar bet on betting exactly twenty seven to ten. Hey, it, it's for fun. Okay, why not? Uh, that would get you. I think it was twelve hundred and fifty bucks. So if I'm correct with the score, I went twelve hundred fifty bucks off a five dollar bet. Why not twenty seven to ten? But I could see thirty four seventeen. I think it's going. I actually think it's going to go under. 
I think it's yeah. un, under the I can 51. See it going, if I were to have to bet, I'd go under two. But I, the alternate, you talk about the alternate spread. I also bet Kansas City minus nine and a half. You can get that at plus 330, Whoa. I think. So 3.3 to one uh, bet on plus, on minus nine and a half. I don't, if I said plus, I meant to say minus. Minus nine and a half. So if you think the Chiefs are going to win big like we do, then you can, uh, you can bet it. But I think the Chiefs win it easy. I think it's a boring Super Bowl. I think it's a really low-scoring first half as both teams kind of feel their way, and I think the Chiefs pull away. And lastly, Dunk, I think that if, you know, kind of to what we said, if the Chiefs get a, lead, a two-score lead, I think the Eagles are done. You can turn the game off. Conversely, if the Eagles were to get a seven- or ten-point lead, you can't count Mahomes out. That's just the way that I look at this. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I think uh, Eagles could, that could happen. I mean, the Eagles have been very good at getting leads. I mean, it's been one of their strengths all year. It's kind of what they've been able to put teams behind the eight ball. That's why that Saints game was so unique. The Saints got up on them and really forced them into a game plan that they didn't want to play. And the Saints have that great run defense. I think the key is, I think we're going to know early, Jim, how this game's going to play out because if the Eagles, are able to have success running the ball, I think it bodes well for them. Now, if they're not running the ball with success, if the Chiefs are able to kind of stop that RPO game, then I think it, it plays right into the Chiefs' hands. I agree. Uh, and as we go off uh, today, Dunk, I just want to thank you. Five and a half months of Fridays, uh, you know, we went into this thing. I don't think either one of us knew what to expect. Uh, the response and the viewership numbers and and then listeners to the, the podcast in general on Friday. To me, it's amazing how many people actually just go and listen to the podcast on Fridays after we're done because I think they've all watched the show already. Well, we got a, another big batch that listened to it on Friday. So it's been fun. Um, I know we will do some live shows throughout the course of the offseason. I'd like to do one maybe before the draft um, and then – a couple others here and there maybe, but uh, for the most part, I know you're going to be working on your book and uh, we will uh, talk to you again here on Datitude live on a regular basis come the end of August. But thank you for the last five and a half months of, of, of helping this show out. And uh, it makes a big difference. And you'd be, you'd be surprised at how many people have told me, you know, I love your show, but I make sure that I listen when Jeff Duncan's on. Thanks, J.D. Come on, man. Uh, that's nice. I appreciate it. But, look, let's let the readers and viewers know this. I mean, if if it warrants, in other words, if news warrants, if, uh, you know, the Saints make a big splash in free agency, obviously before the draft, we'll do some pop-up datitudes. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll respond to the news as it goes. Uh, just to let everybody know, full disclosure, uh, you know, I'm working on this Gleason book project, and uh, we were under the impression with our contract that the book was going to come out in 2024. That was the plan all along. The manuscript was due August 1. Well, the good news is that the publisher is excited about the book. Uh, the bad news is uh, they want to move the deadline up to next to this, this uh, November. They want the book to come out for this coming holiday season. And in doing that, to make that deadline, they've got to move up the manuscript delivery to May 1. So Steve nice. and I are under immense pressure uh, to get the book done much sooner than we expected. So that's really going to require almost all my time between now and May. 
So that's the reason we're going to take a little break. But if something comes up, we'll definitely do a data too because uh, we certainly want to keep everybody uh, informed and also entertained with uh, our thoughts on, on what's going on with the same. And just to be clear to the, to the listeners out there, we thank Dunk for uh, joining us, as we said, every Friday for the past five and a half months. Datitude's not going anywhere. Um, we're still going to have our live Friday shows when I come back from vacation and after a little break. I, again, I think it's March the 3rd, Friday, March 3rd, we'll be back. So it'll just be different guests every Friday until Dunk is ready to come back. And he'll be on occasionally. So it's not like he's going anywhere. He's going to be working on his book. Uh, and I just, I'm thankful to have whenever I can have him on. Uh, but we will, look, I'm going to try to go back and get some. We had some great guests last offseason. Um, we're going to work on that again, and I think we will. All right, let's move on to uh, Josh Inglis of Covers.com. And like I was talking about earlier in the, in the monologue, um, Josh, we, we love the people at Covers.com. We had on Adam Chernoff last year uh, for, before the Super Bowl. Then we had Adam on again um, before the season started to kind of dive into totals and what teams we thought might be surprises. And let me tell you, if you go back and listen to some of those podcasts or actually listen to our previews for the NFL season, we were both, like, really, really close. Um, it was another good season. If you bet some over and under win totals, now obviously we didn't hit with the Saints, but uh, we were pretty good with some others, you know, picking some surprise teams. Detroit, the Giants, uh, we both liked them. I think we both thought Kansas City had an excellent chance to get in the Super Bowl and win. We'll see if they win it. Um, Adam liked Philadelphia a lot more than I did. Um, I, I don't know, and, I, and I, I, I still don't see it, as you've heard. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. I think their easy schedule is really going to come back to bite them in this game, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. But talking to Josh and – Adam's gone now from covers. He's doing his own thing. Uh, he's joined another group, but uh, and now he has his own podcast. And he's look, he's one of the most respected people in Vegas. I could tell you, he he has really taken his his uh, game to a new level, and he's up there with the best of them. And uh, we were glad to have our time. And the covers people uh, reached out to me and wanted to see if we wanted to bring someone on, and we did. And Josh it was great. Again, we talk about how to attack betting the Super Bowl and some of the things to look at, not necessarily, you know, what to bet. And that's what I liked about this segment here. So let's dive right into it, and then we'll, then I will tell you what to bet with Uncle Big Neck after that. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast, Josh Inglis of Covers.com. And we're recording this, by the way, just so we're transparent. We're recording this on Wednesday. So anything we say, odds wise, or things that may change along the way, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Obviously, uh, you're hearing it here Friday, or if you listen to the pod, you may be listening over the weekend. And uh, Josh, thanks for joining us here. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about, well, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about Super Bowl 57. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. Uh, the prop card's just getting massive. Been writing props basically since last Tuesday. Started off right out of the gates with trying to get early touchdown props, which people could probably, I mean, high handle stuff, Kelsey TDs and Hertz TDs that if you got Tuesday, maybe you're getting 15 points by Sunday. And then it's just been a wild two weeks of just looking at prop markets and seeing what's out there. And the accounts are getting full, bud. I'm sure they are. And I guess you're not getting a lot of sleep these two weeks. And uh, I don't know if you're like me. I mean, it's kind of a bittersweet moment when the Super Bowl is over. 
or actually when it starts. I mean, you're you're able to relax a little bit, um, and at the same time, you know, you're happy it's over, but you're sad that it's over all at the same time. And to betters, for sure, who are spending two weeks of doing research and doing their due, due diligence, just watch the game. I mean, there, there are in-game betting options, obviously. Right. But don't throw two weeks out the window just because you saw maybe, I don't know, two possessions from the Eagles and you're not seeing enough Kenneth Gainwell getting snaps and uh, a low snap share. So trust the process. Well, that's a good way to lead into this whole thing because I want to talk to you as an expert about how you go about betting the Super Bowl and what your thought process is going into the two weeks. But I'm glad you brought up the live betting portion of it because even though I'm a pretty decent live better, I, I don't like to – I like to kind of stay away from the live betting during the Super Bowl because, you know, I try to keep my – look, here's my here's whatever my bankroll is for the Super Bowl. I'm going to use 90% of it on whether it be props or however you go about betting it. So I don't want to go overboard during the live betting portion. How do you attack this? Live-wise, yes. save a bit to beat the market – for an injury or something that you see that you can correlate to another bet. It might be, let's just say, I don't know, Devontae Smith looks like he hurts his his leg or something. It might be a little bit, but it might be enough for you to jump over to someone like Quez Watkins to get a small number and hit the over. Having outs that way and having some liquidity to, to throw on something like that is worth it as opposed to just doing the eye test and just seeing oh, I don't know, Juju Smith-Schuster's running well right. over three routes, uh, and let's throw something down on that. So save some money, but more or less on big plays for injuries and just try to beat the books that way. Now, Josh, when you go into this whole thing, and I've heard Sharp say this a lot, that they don't – some of them don't bet anything on the spread, the total, or the money line. I'd Like, they bet nothing on that. They, their money is invested on – props and going through and picking out different things that they've gone through and, and obviously the research you're doing. How do you feel about See, I don't feel that way. To me, if I feel strongly about something and my analysis leads me somewhere, which it has in this case, I don't feel that way. I actually have probably 50 to 60% of what I'm betting on the game itself. How, how do you go about it? And the beautiful thing about that is you can do whatever you want with your money. You don't have to follow other people's rule of thumb. I mean, some sharp bettors will say the line and the total is the most efficient number that you'll see all season. It's been bet at for two weeks. But if you're someone that just thinks, oh, Patrick Mahomes will keep this game close no matter what, at what, 91 games of 93, he's been within right. a score or leading, all of that, you can feel, you can do whatever you want with your money. It's your handicap process and everybody else's is different. Some people are model guys. Some people love their projections. Some people aren't into that. Do what you think you do well and just stick to that because following other trends and following other people's handicap process is a quick way to, uh, to sink some funds into some losing endeavors. I couldn't agree more. And I've, you know, I've at times, well, this advice is this, you know, and I'm not so much now that, that I've, you know, become a pro sports betting writer, I guess. I don't do it as much as I used to. Uh, and I do trust my own analysis and I do trust my own thought process. But for you, how much do you go into it? How do you? How are you attacking the Super Bowl? How? How? What kind of percentages do you have 
are you just spread all over the board with props or do you have something on the, the spread of the money line or the total or anything? How are you looking at it? Uh, I'm literally everywhere across the board where I think I've found, I don't know, a couple points of edge in anything. I mean, this market's been open for two weeks. We're starting to see the prop market become a little more efficient, but uh, it's really interesting to see some of the big swings. We're seeing stuff like Isaiah Pacheco go from like 12 and a half yeah. yards to 16 and a half. So uh, we're seeing influential betting groups, syndicates making releases this late, which also affects the market. Uh, people are waiting for that. There's nothing wrong with people paying for that and finding that information. But those things, regardless if they're on the right side or the wrong side, they're going to move the market because they're well-respected. So in saying that, uh, I have my place from my handicap that I write at covers, that I do. I also have uh, covers helps me out. I work with another great modeler and use his projections for some other stuff. So it's really great to see the two contrasting ideas. And we were talking before air in the fallacies in which recreational bettors have, especially when it comes to prop betting. And uh, it's what you kind of call cognitive bias. If you want to look into it in a deep way that you talk yourself into something early in the handicap, let's just say uh, AJ Brown's going to have a big game. They haven't passed much because of positive game script. AJ Brown's going to have a big game. And then you know about writing uh, in the process. If you want to find stats to, to help, I don't know, validate your betting. It's easy to do. That's right. And you can do that within your own head. And then regardless of what number you come to it, you're like, I like a, I like B, I like C 74 and a half yards, AJ Brown. Yeah, that's a good number, but there's no, there's no baseline to what actually 74 and a half is. So if we go the other way, if we look at opportunities, plays, snap percentages, target percentages, and, that's what we're seeing a lot with DFS and fantasy, and that's kind of bleeding into more handicapping. We can build a better projection, which kind of what we're doing in our own heads, better so than we can with just doing the narrative game. And the narrative game will put you, I would assume, 65 70% of the time on uh, the public side. And if you don't know that the public's not really moving the line, then you're probably sitting with a bad number at the end of the day. What is your, you know, th- this is a question that I like to ask each year because, and I, and I know the philosophies are different, but what would be your number one uh, piece of advice to someone who either A, maybe just starting out as a complete amateur and they just bet big games and they don't bet a lot? And what, what is your number one piece of advice for someone? You know, the Super Bowl is when everybody, if you're going to be- ever bet, the Super Bowl is when you're going to bet. So what is your number one piece of advice to, to rookies and amateurs? To someone who just wants to bet the Super Bowl, yeah. put 20 bucks down, put 20 bucks down on 10 to 1. Find your best 10 to 1. Like, you're not going to get too excited turning your 20 into 18 bucks betting Kenneth Gainwell over 34 and a half total yards. There's no excitement in that. That's why we <laughs> see all these markets jump up and massive handles in halftime stuff. My biggest risks are halftime risks right now, Rihanna show, and it just shows you what's changed in that. Uh, and I think those are ones that you can get betters into early and excited about with their returns as opposed to over five and a half receptions, right? Instant gratification, instant dopamine hits. 
If they really like it, then they'll come back to the other markets. But find something like touchdown markets, something that's like, here's your play. You hit it. You won. Interception markets you can get at 8-1, to 7-1 to one for high-end players. We were talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I mean, plus oh 75 for an interception. I know everybody. You bring up the sore spot in New Orleans. Yeah. But he's going to get paid. Like I said, he's going to get paid, and you'll feel good about uh, about it. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a really funny one to target because you don't have to be a good player in those situations because the more you get targeted, the less respect maybe uh, Andy Reid has for you. So uh, I, I kind of like his plus 725 for, for an interception. That would be something that I would maybe tell someone who is like comes to me and they say, uh, can you help me sign up for a book? Can you help me do this? Maybe what should I bet on, right? Dopamine hit, give it to them, instant gratification. Also, I don't think, at least here in Louisiana, I know that the, the deposit specials aren't quite as good as they were last year. This time they had some really good ones last year. New York New York time. changed New York changed everything for us, that's for it, sure. Yeah, it has definitely changed. But, uh, you know, how much would you suggest you – how many different books do you, do you use? Do you, would you suggest to the amateur just pick one or two or yeah. just to kind of go shopping? Yeah, I'm not affiliated with any book. I mean, uh, I have to be nice to them, obviously, from my role. Yeah, but, like, I would just tell them just an easy one, like 365, just something easy, FanDuel. I, I think 365 probably has better markets. Uh, just something that they can get their money in easily, get their money out easily, has good betting options, maybe some good in-play options, and maybe something these days maybe match 250 or something that they could get their initial 100, turn it into something more because that's at the end of the day, if I said, here's 100, you get 100, or here's 100, you get 200, obviously they're going to take the deposit bonus 100% of the time. No question. And, uh, you know, we, I'm just saying, throwing this out there, at bet.nola.com, our official partner at Caesars is offering uh, a – now, I wouldn't advise this for the rookie or the amateur, but up to, a, I think, $1,250 first bet. If you lose, you get that back. But that, you know, you better have the cabbage. Bet responsibly. And I say that all the time, and we mean it. So it's, it's, it's easy, Josh, to get into this thing and get a little crazy. Don't get crazy if you're just getting into this. The, I, I, Jim, I say there's two sides of betting. You can be a great handicapper. But you could be an awful better. I've yes. gone through. I've I've gone through awful things where it's it's like poker. Sometimes you just you just can't say no. You chase. It sucks. Uh, maybe you trust your your handicap process too much, and you're not seeing something. You're not stepping back and seeing. It's it, it's an absolute dangerous game. And uh, if we can talk about the societal problem of it, I mean, yeah, what we're see, we're seeing sure. these we're seeing these challenges, right? Right, yeah. these uh, ten dollar to ten thousand dollar challenges. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're ten dollar better, that's fine. Once you get the taste of betting a five hundred dollar bet and seeing that return, that's where you start going outside of your box and betting outside of your means, which is a very dangerous thing. I say that all the time, and uh, as one who knows, I learned a hard le- a lesson the hard way uh, many many years ago. And you start, you know, if you bet 20 and 30, that's fine, but, um, or 10 or whatever it is. But once you start betting $100 or $200 or $300, it's hard to go back to betting $20 and $10. I mean, it really is. Exactly. That's it. That's a picture-perfect thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about, Jim. 
I 100% agree. And this is a perfect time to talk about that because if you are just getting into betting and you're listening out there and, you know, you, you're just getting into it, the Super Bowl is when someone would get into it more likely than not. Um, have fun with it, and that's the whole point. And it's really the point of what we're doing here. I don't know how you look at it, it covers, but, you know, for bet.nola.com, the whole point is we're having fun with this. I mean, we're not, look, we're not professional handicappers. We're professional sports writers. Of course we want to be right 55% of the time, but it's not always possible. We go through slumps. Even the pros go through slumps. So that's why, you know, taking it simple and making sure you have fun with it and not trying to, you know, have a second job by winning with sports betting, people that do that, they spend 40, 60 hours a week doing that, and they know what they're it's, doing and been doing it for many years. It's such an unglamorous lifestyle, and you run it out is. of books, you run out of outs. It's it's not fun. It, it's Being a professional gambler does not sound fun. Once once the curtains scroll back and you actually see what it is, it's pretty awful. Well, I'll tell you just off the side for just a second, but, you know, I there was a time when I thought about becoming a professional poker player, and... uh Look, I think I'm pretty good at it, and I, I am pretty good at it. I don't think I'm pretty good. I am pretty good at it. But, look, once I started, like, kind of delving into it and realizing the grind and trying to do that every day and the ups and downs, I couldn't I – couldn't, I don't know how they deal with it, the ups and downs of it. You know, the ups are great, the downs are terrible, and you just got to be – you got to be that level guy. And, and I don't – I first of all, at this age, I wouldn't enjoy – I don't enjoy the grind like I used to. But uh, it's tough, man, being a professional gambler. No, and one thing I've learned about myself, obviously, in this trade is if you have addictive personality traits, yes. you absolutely need to be careful in gambling. If you're a drinker, if you're a smoker, if you're a person Anything. who can't has to be the last one up, much like myself, it, it can be you have, you have to know that about yourself before you get into gambling, and you have to know about yourself if you want to do this professionally or if you want to be more than a recreational gambler or if you live in new orleans and eater <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah, you'll find we like to eat <laughs> there's lots of you good guys stuff go to super bowl to mardi gras it, it you know and funny next year the super bowl was supposed to be in new orleans and for super bowl 58 was supposed to be in new orleans and they had to change it because next year the super bowl is the sunday before mardi gras and this the weekend before mardi gras in new orleans oh. is insane I mean, I, I don't know if you have you ever been in New Orleans at all. No, you guys would be running out of Pedialyte. That's yeah, sure. it's it's going to be insane. So I mean, they had to move it, and now they gave a Super Bowl Fifty Nine. So they they decided that wasn't a good idea, and it really wasn't. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a hard. good thing. All right, before I let you go, Josh, I do want to ask you, you. You touched on a couple things, but uh, give me uh, a couple of your top prop bets as you've been diving through all this. The, a couple that you really like. I think at, at this point, if you like, if if you're willing to play it on the alt, on the alt line, which is a bigger number for bigger odds, then I think that's where you can safely say when you're looking at all these that that's kind of where your best play is. And I think Jalen Hurts at 49 and a half yards seems like a pretty good over. We've seen his floor so far, which is nine carries. Right. Massive game script. Leads of 28 nothing before halftime. Still has 10 carries. A more competitive game, we could have a ceiling of 15 carries from Hertz at 49 and a half. I mean, this is a guy who gets 30% of the carries, a guy who has 30% of the rushing yards in a game that's probably going to have a very neutral game script. So uh, 49 and a half, I mean, it's pretty square, but uh, you can get 75 at almost about plus 450. Uh, 
I, I like that. I do like Pacheco. I do think we saw too much of McKinnon. I like agree. McKinnon got heavy, heavy usage at the end of the season, and he wasn't a heavy usage back. You saw him even getting way too many carries. And now we have fresh legs in Pacheco, the rookie, set season highs in snap share, targets, receptions, yards, routes run last season or last game versus Cincinnati. I think we could see that trend go up, but the the books are still pricing it because of how they price it on previous games. So I, I like the the over 15 and a half receiving yards for Pacheco, over 11 and a half carries. Uh, I just think we know the ankle of Mahomes. It's not great. It's a six to week eight injury, less scrambling, more passing. Uh, give me Pacheco 16 and a half and give me Hertz on the ground too. I couldn't agree more with Pacheco because I think that uh, if you, when you do dive into the analysis that, you know, obviously we know about Philly's pass rush and Philly's pass defense in general. As good as, as good as Mahomes is, they're Kansas City's going to have to be successful running the ball. Andy Reid knows this. He's going to try to run the ball, uh, and I think that Pacheco is going to be a big part of this game early on. So I'm, you know, I agree with you, especially if you can find an out an out number. You might be able to find an out number that gives you better odds and go a little bit higher. Yeah, and we, we, we've seen it. I mean, I, I believe running backs in the two Kansas City Super Bowls, not great pass catching backs, uh, total uh, 10 targets in, in both of those uh, in each game. And we know how much Andy Reid, and I, I guess we're still calling it a West Coast offense, how much the backs are involved in it. Uh, 18% target share in the backfield. So yeah. the books are still at McKinnon 22 and a half. And if we see that come back the other way with Pacheco staying in there, with Reed not wanting to show his hand with run and pass, with Pacheco getting the early down work, then I think some of those yards could go Pacheco's way. And I think you touched on it. If he can slip out from underneath that pass rush, I mean, it could be a one and done at that number. Also, the Sharps were kind of pounding Mahomes at over like 286 and a half or so. Yeah. And, and it's just going like it insane. Over. It's going yeah. insane. It's like 297 now. I mean, I'm I'm actually thinking about playing the under a little bit because of what we talked about with the pass rush and the fact that Andy Reid is probably going to try to run the football a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think the over's funny because it always takes like one talking point for like that area, the top 10% to talk about it. And a lot of it came down to uh, strength of schedule and opponent versus Philadelphia and the back that their number one DVOA pass defense rank yeah. is based off of and the quarterbacks that they saw, which is obviously priced into the lines. And uh, they think that that's where the edge is. So as we know, the Sharps, the one thing that they taught me it covers and talking to syndicates and stuff is I don't care about 5.5 receptions per game and this Find me something that's not priced into the line that can give me an edge. And uh, basically, things like strength of the schedule are a big one that aren't priced in. No doubt about it. Josh Inglis, his Twitter is at covers underscore Josh. Before we let you go, tell me about some of the great things that are going on covers. And I, I've told this, I've said this before. Look, Adam was on my show plenty. Uh, the, you know, you guys at covers have been great to, to my show the first year and a half that we've been here. Um, I use covers multiple times per week. I think it's a great site. It is, it is one of my top sites to use. Tell us about some of the things that are going on that we can go over to covers.com and check out. Uh, covers just, it, it's just such a stable environment for learning about betting day in, day yeah. out, long-term stuff, daily stuff. We have daily previews every day. You don't have to bet these things, read it, learn, find out. 
that's kind of what uh, our job is when we're talking about betting. We're like car salesmen. Like, you read something, and it's that thing that you hear, and you're like, damn, that, that, that's a good point of view in order to bet that. So, uh, so many great writers over there, great content creators, uh, and, and the product team. Like, the guys behind the scenes, some of the stuff we do on the website with uh, all our prop odds and uh, how we can check and how you can just find better books and find and, and then that other part finding that we mentioned earlier finding the best deposit bonuses there's so many angles that can make you a better sports better and covers pretty much covers the field there one thing i love at covers and i use often is i love to fade the public so i go on a covers and i check out in your matchup section you've got and it's 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 people that vote but it, it's it's hundreds sometimes thousands of people voting on each game and it's it's the average better going in there a lot of times and you can also see the higher money players, what they're what they're betting on, what they're voting on. So I like to go and click on the matchups. If I see a big difference between, you know, the the higher money players and the general public, I love to jump on those, and it helps me a lot. Yeah, and that's that's just one caveat of the many things that Covers has over there. They can keep me so busy doing stuff day in and day out. So I'm mostly doing football, doing hockey, doing baseball when that gets going. So. They give us a bunch. Uh, they give us a bunch of great stuff, and, and and like I get to work with some of the greatest people, some great handicappers. Adam, I got to work with Adam. Oh, There's, I mean, he's awesome. he's a he's a top one percent in the industry. You're Absolutely done. learned so much from him. Uh, so grateful over there. But I mean, if you're new to betting, it can be overwhelming. Start with small things. Just go over to the matchup page. Just go see. Go look at the numbers yourself. And maybe if that's too overwhelming, find someone you like. Find a writer you like, follow them. You don't got to bet everything they do, but just build your own narrative. And it gets back to the point that we're at. Build your own process to handicap. Because at the end of the day, nothing makes you angrier than losing money on someone else's play. And that's something that turns people into their own handicappers. So we want to make smarter sports betters. That's our goal it covers. And I don't think there's anything better. Even if they become smarter sports betters that they don't need covers anymore, that's we've we've done our job, which they probably won't. But at the end of the day, let's just try to be better handicappers day in and day out. Well, one thing uh, you know, I always try to tell people is when they ask me my advice on things is soak it all in. I mean, don't just dive in and have fun with it, but soak it all in. Look, I've been I've been going through this process for ten years, and I learn something every week. I learn something new, and it's by listening to people who know what they're talking about. Absolutely. I like you say, I don't necessarily bet what someone tells me to bet. But the the I I am more interested in the podcast that I listen to. I'm more interested in the thought process of how they got there because it helps me decide on my own how I get to a certain place. Because they might not always be right, but the process that they use and the going through everything is way more than not right. You know. Exactly. Don't be dismissive of other people's processes either. Everybody's got their own way to do it. Uh, I do it differently than you, that's for sure. And everybody else, is, nobody's the same. So keep that in mind. Just just enjoy the ride. And you don't have to bet every dollar exactly. in your in your account every right. night. It doesn't have to show zero, and then you wake up and see what it is. I try to tell my son that, but he just doesn't want to learn. He likes to and bet. These those, are those. things I've learned from experience. That's, he likes to bet the eight leg. And he goes, I'm so close. I'm so, you're always, everybody's always so close. Everybody's so close. I got seven out of eight. Yeah, that pays zero. That pays it's zero point zero. Zero out of eight, yeah. <laughs> It's the same as zero out of eight. Josh, where are you? By the way, I never even asked you, where are you located? Uh, outside Toronto. In, okay. In, 
the barren land of Canada. All right. Well, it's a little chilly up there. Yeah, it's zero degrees. We got okay, that well, chill that you probably had too. But it's, uh, it's yeah. sixty-eight degrees here in New Orleans today. So, oh, you guys still use those funny <laughs> numbers, eh? Oh, uh, well, I bet let's you see. still use miles. What too. is that like? Eighteen? I don't know what that means. I don't. I, can't, I, can't <laughs> I have no idea. That. All right, Josh. Before, last quick question: ten seconds. I take it by what all the things that you were saying. I take it you're leaning Eagles. Incorrect. Really good. Yeah, what no, you... I, I, I'd like to. I got Chiefs and futures that uh, I need to hit. So do I. I. Like, yeah, so I, I would like that. I'm happy to be on the Chiefs in this game. I think if if it's going to be a blow, if it's going to be a one sided game, I think it could be more one sided with Kansas City over Philadelphia. I don't think Philadelphia is blowing the doors out of here. Uh, I, I gotta go. I gotta go, KC. Uh, Mahomes obviously had a way worse offensive line versus Tampa Bay. Obviously. Uh, what the Sharps were talking about, 300 yards. I mean, if Mahomes is going to throw for 330. We're in 100%, 100% agreement total. Uh, it, it keeps climbing up and up. I'm going to wait until Sunday, I think, and I'm going to I'm going to take the under, I think, on Sunday. Would you be – here's the question. Would you be more surprised if Kansas City won by two or Philadelphia won by two scores? By two scores? Yeah. I'd be very surprised if Philadelphia won by two scores. Exactly. My prediction is twenty-seven to ten. We're we're in the same. We're in the close to at least close to the same thing. Josh, uh, thank you so much for for joining us. And again, we love the the people at Covers, and uh, we hope to have you on again. Josh English at Covers underscore Josh on Twitter. Thanks again, my friend. Appreciate it. Enjoy the Super Bowl and take it easy on Mardi Gras, guys. Yeah, we'll see how that part works out. Right. It's hard to take. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people who don't like Mardi Gras that's live in New Orleans, but I'm not one of them. And I know probably a lot of people listen to the show aren't either. So we'll see how that goes. Always cool to get new guests on. I mean, we're to the point now of the show, finishing up the second season, episode number 138. We've got a, a core of people that come on to the show, all have integral roles in helping me with this podcast week after week. And I thank them for that. But it's cool when we get someone new. And uh, during the offseason, we're going to work on getting some different guests and some uh, some big names maybe. We had some last year. Uh, Mickey Lomas, Jim Mora, uh, David Baker came on the show, Dale Brown on the show, Ricky Jackson was on the show. So maybe we'll get some former Saints players. Uh, we'll get some former members of the media, some people from maybe some national people from around. Uh, that aren't doing as much when football season is over. We'll see how it goes. I know we're going to do a lot on the draft. And, uh, you know, this is, look, we do talk about the Pelicans. We talk about LSU. We talk about Tulane to some extent. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Breakers a little bit probably. We're going to talk about golf, major championships when they come up. But let's let's get real. I mean, anyone who's, you're, you're listening to this show uh, because we spent about, even when it's not football season, we still spend 75 to 80% of our time talking about the Saints and talking about the NFL. And that's what this show really is. We talk about betting sometimes. Sometimes it's not about betting. This next segment, of course, is about betting. And that's because we've had Uncle Big Nick on second year in a row. And we, look, Uncle Big Nick was around 500, did okay. I had a really good season. But look, I think we're both going to finish the season strong. I love all these bets. Um, that we're about to give you. It's fun. And look, even if it's for entertainment purposes, it's worth listening to. Let's get into it with Uncle Big Nick 
as we wrap up our final Friday of season two. For the final time this season, Uncle Big Nick is on, and we are most definitely making picks today. What's up, Uncle? Final Nick? time this season. Oh, this season. Okay, about to say not this yeah. year because you're gonna have me off for of golf. Yeah, but this the end. This is the end of season two of Datitude Pod. Well, Monday's technically the end, but you won't be on. So today is whole Friday. It's the last Friday. Football, whatever. Oh, it's like the, your seasons. Yeah, my season ends at the, yeah, at the okay. end of at the end of the Super Bowl. That's when my season ends. Yeah, then so. you go take like a three week hiatus. I wish I could take like a six week hiatus, <laughs> eight week hiatus. But yeah, it's all it's it's taking a three week hiatus of datitude, but only a week off of work. So it is what it is. I'm burned out. I need king cake. I need food. Maybe a little adult beverages. Sleep. I mean. I mean, you've been, like, traveling across the country. You've been going to Vegas, going on cruises. I mean, I, I can't live your kind of lifestyle. I mean, for me, my vacation is riding in Endymion next Saturday. That's a shitty vacation. You can't say that on the air. Well, you could cut it. No, I probably <laughs> won't. Too lazy. You said it. All right. Let's move on as we make our final picks of the season. Um, let's review. We had a really... Not At so least we good. picked the second to last week to have our worst week. Yeah, it was a couple of 0-2s in there. Yeah. Uh, we were all over San Fran. And you know what? You know, I'm going to say this about your 49ers. I don't care what anybody says. I don't think we know what would have happened had Purdy not got hurt. We have I mean, no idea. No idea, which is we're going to lead into some of our picks here. But we have no idea what would have happened, and we'll just have to guess. But you know what we don't have to guess about is that we went 0-2. And lost our keisters. Uh, like, I mean, everybody luckily. told me I was making excuses, talking about how, you know, sometimes it's just too much to overcome. Yeah. When, when you lose every quarterback you, you are. have. And, yeah, and you I'm are. not trying to make excuses, but it, it's perfectly true. Like, you lost every quarterback that could throw. <laughs> I mean, well, what are you supposed to do? You're talking about unrealistic people on social media. That's kind of like part of my theme of the day. Well, it's the people are the that same... wait for the 49ers to lose so they can get on me, you know? Well, Even I mean, no matter how it happens. You, you got to remember, it's the same kind of people who think that, you know, Derek Carr sucks and they don't want him as the Saints quarterback. They'd rather just go through what we went through again. And then my favorite is the one that say, let's tank. You're a yeah. moron. You're an absolute moron. If you want your team to tank, you're a moron. Because, like, they're going to get it. You're sure they're going to get it right if they tank. As a person no who wants idea. the Saints to lose, I'm so mad that they're going to get Derek Carr. So how's that? What's that tell you? <laughs> uh, you wanted him to get Jimmy G. Yes, I do want him to get Jimmy G. All right. Well, you need to have a good week to finish in the positive. All right. Here is where we stand going into the final week of the season. You are 42 and 44. You got two picks. Okay. I may have five picks. So I guess I'm going to be doing more talking in this segment than you. You're at minus 94. You got to have a perfect week here to finish with your head above water. I think you can do it. I don't have I don't have any clue what you're picking, but I think you can do it. I got a feeling I'm gonna be on the same side with some stuff here. I am 55 and 36 plus 297. Um, I have five bets and a lot of bet on it, but I'm gonna finish above water no matter what. So 
Yeah. Not that I'm bragging. You might hate one of my picks. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. All right, let's get into it. And you know what? I'm going to do it this way. Um, I am going to let you throw out your first. I know you got a pick. I don't I have no idea what it is. Plus 159, 50 to 179. Um, I'm going to let you put that one out there. And then I'm going to go through my four basically prop bets. Um, well, my first and, one's uh, a prop. So Okay, so you go ahead and give your prop first. I'm taking Mahomes over two and a half touchdown throws. Passes um, plus one fifty nine. I, I just I can't see how he doesn't throw three touchdowns in this game. He's not going to be running them in. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball that much against this defensive line for Philly. So I really think it's going to be Mahomes throwing short passes. I think Kelsey's going to have a huge game, and I just think I mean there's going to be little dump offs and stuff like that to get give him more time to get the ball out. And I just think he's going. I think they're going to score three touchdowns, and I think he's going to throw three touchdowns. One of the most overrated pass defenses in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles. They are ranked, I believe it's it's somewhere in the teens, okay, as far as their pass defense rating. Um, you know, everybody talks about how great their pass rush is. and pass, pe- Teams have been able to throw on them, and we're talking about not-so-great quarterbacks. I mean, I had a list of all the quarterbacks that beat them, that, uh, that they played against in, this morning, in my NFL picks column this morning. So make sure you check it out if you haven't. Bet.nola.com, my NFL picks column. But it, it's along the lines of Cooper Rush, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Carson. Andy Dalton. Well, Andy Dalton, they lost to. I'm just talking about the teams they beat. Oh, they uh, beat. Okay, I thought you meant lost. They lost to Andy Dalton, Dak Prescott, and who else did they lose to? Um, I don't know. Somebody bad. Daniel Jones, huh? No, they no, never beat him. Jones twice, and they knocked him out. The best quarterback they beat was Aaron Rodgers, but he got hurt in the third quarter. And so he yeah. had to go out and they beat uh, Jordan Love. But, uh, look, the list of quarterbacks that they've beaten, not that great. They haven't seen anything like Mahomes all year. I I, I don't necessarily – there were there were parts of the Mahomes thing that I like, parts that I don't like. One plus 159, I, th- I do think you're getting enough value there, but I do think the Chiefs are going to try to run the ball. I, I get that the Eagles are the number one run defense. I do think the Eagles are going to try to run the ball. So I think Pacheco is actually going to be able to do a few things. We'll wait and see. You don't think they're going to try to run the ball at all? I think they're going to try and run the ball, but I think their touchdowns are going to come from Mahomes and his arm, not his, not necessarily his legs. That makes sense because I will tell you this. That leads into my picks. Um, one of my – I have four prop bets, and I'll tell you how much they cost as we go along. Travis Kelsey, MVP. I agree with – I know they're going to be doubling and tripling up on him. I don't care. Um, he's going to get his. I'm not saying that he's going to win the MVP. You, but at you said he could one, be doubling and tripling him, but why is it everybody do that? It seems like they he's do. always open, and it's like, why is he always open? They do. It doesn't matter whether they yeah. do it or not. He still gets his. Um, so, look, I think if you go through history, I think it was – I did it also on my picks column. I think it's 56% that a quarterback wins the MVP. So, 44% chance it would be somebody else. Well, give me Kelsey at 10 to 1. I think that's a good price on him. I bet 10 bucks on that. I got 20 bucks on Jalen Hurts to throw at least one interception at plus 104. That's a $20 bet. I like um, that one. I think he's going to get pressured like you know, I think Steve Spagnuolo's defense is really really underrated. I agree. I think Especially, they got a decent defense. They're not they're not as bad as they used to be, put it that way. 
Well, and the way they're going to pressure him, it's not something that he's seen a lot of this year, except maybe against Dallas early and in the year. we still don't know if he's 100% healthy. No, and that's what no one's talking about. All they want to talk about is Mahomes' high ankles. I still he's think he's one bad hit away, one bad land away from being out the game. I agree. I, don't, I, don't, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, my next prop bet is is kind of going counterintuitive to what you're saying. Um, I think this Mahomes yardage number has ridiculously skyrocketed to the point where I kind of liked the over a little bit when it was like 278, but now it's 295 and a half. So give me Mahomes under 295 and a half passing yards for $35.10 to win 30. I, I agree with I mean, he could throw for 280 and three touchdowns. I mean, what? yeah. And we both win. I yeah. think that's a strong positive. But it's just gotten too high. And Aunt Mabel's betting this thing up so high. I'll probably wait till Sunday to bet that one. Because it'll it probably be, be like 298 by then. So, anyway, wait to bet that. I like the under on Mahomes passing yards. And then my favorite prop bet of them all. And I bet this one almost every year. The coin toss? And it, no, definitely not the coin toss. Do not bet coin toss, you degenerate POS. Okay. <laughs> It is at minus one. The national anthem list. Definitely not. Uh, I was trying to guess your favorite prop. More yeah, somebody I, at work. Before I get to my my last one, I know I'm digressing, but uh, I was forced to make a pick on on Rihanna's first song, the uh, the coin toss, and the national uh, anthem. My you, my answer you know for, my answer for the national anthem was bet yes, there will be a national anthem. I think in 56 straight Super Bowls. There's been a national anthem. There you go. So you should definitely bet yes that they'll be What's the odds on that one? Uh, I can't even. I'm so. I can't name a Rihanna song. Bitch, but I have my money. I I can't. I can't name. I could not name a Rihanna song. Umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella. Oh, she's the one that sings that one? I know that one. I just didn't know that was her. Like a diamond in the sky? Well, well, come on, man. Get hip. You old. I am not hip. I'm going to tell you right now. You're like older than you. And you have a, you have a little to girl. Ladies in two thousand rock. You make your daughter listen to that? Yeah, she listens to Tool from Alexa in her room oh, all the time. Man, that, that, that that's really scary. <laughs> all right, we've digressed enough. I love more points scored in the second half and overtime than in the first half at minus one forty-five. I think that I think this it's is four great. Of, this leads right into my second bet. All right, well, four out of the last five Super Bowls that's happened. It happens more often than not, and especially in today's NFL. These teams have not faced each other since early last year, and they're going to – it's going to be kind of a feeling-out process. I don't think the Eagles are going to have this quick start like they normally have. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a run in the ball on both sides trying to figure out what they can do. I think There's going to be some half, nerves on that Eagles sideline. Absolutely. I think on both sides. Both sides, I think they might be a little – and I, th- I think uh, they'll feel each other out and uh, – more points will be scored in the second half. I think it's a great bet. 43-50 to win 30. So those are my prop bets. Well, my second bet is first half under 24 and a half, 60 to win 50. Second half under. No, first half under. I was going to say, I thought you said. First half under in. 24 and a half. Okay. Like I said, I just think these teams are going to be nervous. I think there's going to be a feeling out process. That's going to be, I, I just, I could see this being like a, 10-7 halftime score. I agree. Something like that. And then they just light it up in the second half. But Because I do like the over for the game. So I do not. I know you don't. 
But I think once they once they get their nerves out the way, the only thing that scares me is the second quarter. I think the first quarter is going to be might be zero zero. Like it, it could. I think that's a good chance. I, I, yeah. I don't. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But um, yeah, I, I like the under. Uh, and and okay. I just think twenty four and a half is too high. My number one pick, and I've, you know, I can do whatever I want. I guess because it's my show. But I bet a hundred dollars on this bet. And in real life, I will tell people. I'll, I'll be completely upfront and honest. I have bet. You got my more, full attention. Anytime you bet a hundred on something, you got my attention. I've bet more money. In real life, on this Super Bowl outcome, than any other bet I've ever made in my entire life. I'll tell you off the air what I've actually bet. But on this show, $100 at 105, the Chiefs' money line over the Eagles. I, I don't understand. Here's the, the thing that I don't get. For, from about the middle of October until, what, the week before the championship games, the Chiefs were the favorite to win the Super Bowl. They were number one ranked by the odds makers. They were number one ranked by most of the pundits. They were number one block everywhere. And then because the Eagles beat the 49ers 31-7 to without a quarterback, all of a sudden people think the Eagles are a better team. It's like what what it, it's whatever they, you've seen lately. They crushed the Giants, who were overrated, and then they crushed San Francisco without a quarterback. That's all It doesn't make said. any sense. No, it doesn't. I don't, I don't understand. I think the Chiefs, and, and look, we had this argument on Bayou Bets on Thursday. I think the Chiefs are significantly better, and I've said this earlier with Duncan, so people who listen to this whole pod know what I think. But I think the Chiefs are significantly better than the Eagles. I don't. I think it's going to be a boring Super Bowl. I think, like you said, I believe the first half is going to be boring. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it is going to be semi-close at halftime. But I think in the second half, the Chiefs are going to pull away from this team. And they're going to win it fairly easily. Like I don't think, I don't think the fourth quarter is going to be that big of a deal. I just don't. I don't know if, uh, like, if the Chiefs get up on the Eagles, do you trust the Eagles to be able to fight, come back? Absolutely. With all not. the pressure that, on them. Absolutely not. And that's another reason why I like the Chiefs because because what you said, if the Chiefs get up ten points, you can close the book on this game and it's over. The Eagles are not winning this game. Vice and versa. The vice versa. The, the, yeah, the Eagles are the up Eagles 10 get, points, I, yeah, I'm going to bet the Chiefs to win. 100%. I, 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 so I don't, you know, so it'll probably be the opposite of what we say because we're sitting here saying it. But that's the that's what I think, too. And so I just don't think the Eagles have I mean, it in them. They've never had right. to come back. I mean, it could happen. When have the Eagles had to come back this year? They never have. They haven't. They've always they crushed people in the first half and then settled down in the second half and just hold on for wins. Well, I and I, again, I know people who listen to this whole pod heard me say this earlier. But go back and watch the Saints-Eagles game. To me, that's the blueprint. And I get it was Gardner Minshew, but it's not that much different. And though they had injuries, blah, blah, whatever. They didn't have enough injuries to make that big of a difference. The Saints took the opening kickoff and went 16 plays and ran it and threw it right down the Eagles' throats. They just, it didn't matter to them. And you're talking about Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill. Right down the Eagles' throats and just stuffed them on on offense and defense. So, to me, and that's Mahomes the Chiefs' is a little blueprint. better than Andy Dalton. Just a little bit. He's just a little bit better than Andy Dalton. And maybe, Andy Reid's a little bit better team. coach than Dennis Allen. Maybe just a little. He's also a better coach than Nick Sirianni. So, I don't know. 
You got KC in this one as well? Yeah, definitely. All right. I definitely think they win. Well, we'll see who's right, who's wrong, and um, we're going to talk to you again. Uh, let's see, what's the well, maybe TPC week? The players? Players Championship week. You say maybe. TPC. I mean, TPC is a course that, that that's no. just goes in my head. TPC, the Players Championship. It's always in TPC. Nope. People don't call it that. Yes, they do. Not Especially old people like me. <laughs> I always went when I... Maybe it's because my, my grandmother lived across the street from Sawgrass. And y'all coming to TPC this year? Sure. Yeah, we're coming. Yeah. Well, it's TPC yeah. Sawgrass. It's, they play in TPC. Well, it wasn't then. Yeah. It was just Sawgrass then. They didn't have all these TPC courses then. Well, that's why. See? And that was the TPC. Players' champion. What do you do for the Super Bowl? Is there, like, do you have a... Everybody has a different plan that they do. Some people go to parties. Some people... Oh no! Yeah, no. you you like me? You sit at home and watch every minute. Leave me of... alone. Yeah, the yep. last time, the last time I went to a Super Bowl party, I can tell you this. Um, I had nobody's watching the game. I had having yeah, well that too, but I had having investment in the Atlanta Falcons to beat the New England Patriots. Went to my buddy's house. Okay, you know him. I'll tell you who it is out there. Anyway, he was about eight sheets to the win, and I was stone sober. Okay. <laughs> so fun. about the early part of the third quarter, I'm like start waving bye-bye to him because he had the Patriots and he wants to make me this drunk clown bet straight up, like straight up money. When it was 28 to three, he made me a straight up bet. He said, I'll bet you 200 bucks that the Patriots come back and win this game. I'm like straight up. No, no, I can understand no, why you didn't up. get to that at the Super Bowl party. And I'm like, this is like the – you're going to want to give me free money? Sure, I'll take advantage of the drunk. And as Tom Brady started picking apart the Falcons defense one by one, he started getting louder and louder and jumping on me. And I'm like, this is it. I can't watch the Super Bowl anywhere but by myself in front of my own TV. Because the, the, the family will stay in there for like the first quarter, and then they want no part of it anymore. Yeah, They'll come back in and watch halftime, and then they're back out again. They're back out again. Then they'll come in and – what happened? No, they don't even ask me what happened. Play. They don't care. <laughs> no, they, they don't even do that. I mean, sometimes the, the worst experience Dre, I had for the twenty-eight to three Super Bowl is I had a James White MVP ticket that was a lot that he should have won. But yeah, but they vote before the end. Yeah, I know. So that was that was same reason why Aaron Donald that. didn't didn't win uh, last year, and I had a I had a nice ticket on Aaron Donald last yeah. year, and he got hosed as well. I don't understand That's why they don't vote to the end. Because they have to get, they have to collect all the ballots and have it done by the end of the game. So they they take them at, the, uh, I think, right before the two minute warning. That don't, As, that don't make any sense because things. Well, it's change. the same thing when, when we're voting in like high school. We have to vote for MVP. You know what I'll do? I'm not joking. On my MVP sheet, I'll write if you know if X wins, it's this person. Because sometimes. It's, it's a close game. They're making yeah, you with like I mean. three, four really minutes left, game. and you don't even know who's going to win. And I'll say, if X wins, it's this person. If X wins, it's this person. The best you can do. Yeah. What are you going to do? Anyway. All right, Uncle Big Nick, it has been a fun season. Thanks for joining us every week, and we'll talk to you in a month or so about golf. Yeah. It'll be before the Masters, I'm sure. May we have a great weekend. Uh, yes. Profit I, 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 got, I got a lot to look forward to this weekend, you know. Yeah, you and me both.
All right, talk to you later. All right. Been a fun season with Uncle Big Nick, and it's been a fun, uh, what, 20, how many weeks? 23, 24 weeks of picking football games. Um, Whenever you're picking football games, it's part of your job description, and you get to talk about it for an hour or two in this case. You got a pretty good life. I have nothing to complain about, that's for sure. And if you listened to this for two hours, God bless you. Man, you 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 are a trooper and you are a true datitude. Uh, I don't know. What, what do we call people that listen to the show? Datitudians? Datitude Meisters? That, that sucks. Uh, we got to come up with a name. If you've listened to, certainly if you listen to all 138 podcasts, then no one listens to every minute of 138 podcasts. I mean, even me, I mean, I'm probably not even listening to pieces when I'm talking. Then I go back and listen. I'm like, did I really say that? But you're a trooper. We're going to come up with a name for you. Maybe that'll be uh, how we start season three on uh, March the 3rd. But we have one more left this year. Uh, In this season, I say this year. One more left in season number two. Mike Triplett is coming on. Our old friend Mike Triplett, uh, fellow Cubs fan, Former Saints beat writer at the Times Picayune. Then he went on to bigger things at ESPN. And now he's with SaintsReport.com. And he does an excellent job over there. He was the one that uh, had that that uh, exclusive interview with Jameis Winston. Remember back when Jameis was uh, kind of letting it be known that I don't think it was going the way that he was told or planned. That's a whole different story. We may get into that. Who knows? But we're going to get into that. Uh, the Saints, Derek Carr. Maybe the deal's done by Monday. Maybe it isn't. We'll talk about the prospects of it. We'll recap the Super Bowl, what Trip thought, what I thought. And then we'll wrap it up for the year and we'll go into Carnival Time. But before we do that, you know, I didn't want to play another Carnival song. I'm probably going to do that Monday. So how are we going to wrap it up? We're going to wrap it up with a song about the team that I think is going to win the Super Bowl. And there's not a lot of Kansas City songs out there, but... What comes to mind when you start thinking about Kansas City? You know where the Lombardi Trophy is going to go on Monday? In fact, there might be a little... The ghost of Vince Lombardi might be inside of that trophy. He might be singing this song, Kansas City, here I come. Because that's where it's going. The Chiefs are going to win, and they're going to win it convincingly. And if I'm wrong, you'll all let me know I'm wrong, especially the, my friends on Bayou Bets. I know Zach Ewing, I, he can't wait to tell me I'm wrong. Gabe Henderson can't wait to tell me I'm wrong. The Spencer's on my side because he picked the Chiefs, but Zoe, Zoe's, Zoe Collins-Rath, she wants me to be wrong, too, I know. She never said it, but I know it. It's okay. You want me to be wrong? That means I'm usually right. And I'm right again. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. Enjoy the first true weekend of Carnival. Be safe out there and spend the weekend with the ones you love because that's what you're supposed to do this time of year, really every time of year. And we will talk to you on Monday as we wrap it all up. Peace and love, my friends. You know, yeah.